Welcome in everyone to the Jets Lab podcast. I'm your host, Joey Bonsanti. Sitting across the laptop from me is my co-host, Jarrett Taromeo, better known as JT. We're on episode five. And uh, how are you doing, JT? I'm doing well, Joey. I, I don't have the dehumidifier running tonight. That way, uh, sorry about that for last week, guys. Uh, hopefully you won't hear it anymore. But uh, doing well, free agency, full swing. And it looks like the Jets are making moves, Joey. Yep. Some fans unhappy, others happy. It's a big old mix of feelings and stuff. But yeah, if you heard that loud ring last week, unbelievable. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I blame our, our friend Kyle, who had to uh, point it out to us. Thank you for that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's no more. We we're trying to figure it out. I thought it was his mic. He got it all, um, all figured out. He, has a Steve Minifier to keep away the big spiders in his basement. So hopefully this is really out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a big episode to, to get into. It's been a very, very draining week here on uh, in Jets news and in Jets world in general. Before we get into all of our signings so far and uh, all the complaints and <laughs> all the good news and stuff, we're going to get into some just general news from this week. And uh Definitely going to start off with Deshaun Watson, who is facing the, all these harassment um, cases and with the girls and massages. And it's just this whole mess now and potentially putting the nail in the coffin for this whole pipe dream that we've had bringing Watson to the Jets. Uh, what do you think about this this whole situation this week with Watson? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a situation you never want to see for a person or a player. And hopefully it all gets squared away. Hopefully. If he's innocent, he's innocent. And if he's made mistakes in his past, hopefully they get uh, he makes up for those mistakes. But I do think the pipe dream is over right now, mainly also because of the signings that we have made. It does not look like Joe Douglas wants to make too much of a splash in free agency. So if we're not going to be making a splash with the money, then you think that Joe Douglas is going to be making a splash with the draft kips, uh, draft draft picks, excuse me. And he's going to be using those draft picks to build up instead of free agency. So you can't really afford to trade them then. Yeah, it's with the way, and we'll get into it more, but with the way this free agency is going, it looks like Watson's pretty much all but gone for us at this point or trading for him is. And the whole situation with him is getting worse and worse. I mean, there's more and more women who are coming out and saying that this whole massage thing is, is it's happened on more than one occasion. I don't really know the details of it. I mean, the word is that he was asking to, to do stuff and then, you know, nothing too serious, but enough to where it's gaining traction and more and more people are coming out. And now the NFL is involved. So once they start looking into stuff, it could get really, really sticky. Mm. It's not a good situation for, for Watson at all. Pun intended there, Joe. Uh, no pun intended, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's a tough situation now. Yeah, so I think for, in our personal opinions, then it's the nail in the coffin. I don't think it's happening. And this could roll over pretty well into the whole Joe Douglas blueprint and what he's looking at in this free agency. What we've seen is a lot of people getting upset at the fact that he's not spending money on certain players. Some of this his fault. Some of it may not be. But again, we'll get into it as the episode goes on. And uh, Jets, you know, if you're on Twitter this week, it's just been a bloodbath. You know, people are the, the Twitter GMs have really come out this week. 
Yeah, you see Joe Blewett blew up on Twitter. He was starting to yell at everyone saying, this is why you guys are not the GMs. It's like, I agree with him, but at one point he needs to dial it back just a little bit. But if you guys aren't following Joe Blewett, he has great breakdowns of the New York Jets. And honestly, his best breakdowns are uh, of Mekhi Becton blocking him and Baldy, uh, Bellinger on Twitter, I believe his name is. Yeah, uh, Blewett does a really good job, as you said. Uh, he's done a lot of great breakdowns of Sam and, um, you know, highlighted Becton's play really well as, as well. And he does pretty much all just film stuff, so he does a good, good job. But, yeah, it's been a lot of uh, – and, you know, we'll, we'll get into the signings now because I don't want to just keep – sugarcoating it a lot of this will bring out what i've seen on twitter the past week and what we've seen on twitter and all of our interactions but so we start off on monday the legal tampering period begins it's kind of quiet and around midday the jets make their first signing and it is the 27 year old inside linebacker from detroit gerard davis he signs a one-year deal uh five million dollars could reach up to seven with incentives he was a former first round pick he lost a starting job and became more of a rotational guy. And I think this move was kind of made to be, you know, he's probably going to play a good amount next to Mosley, but it's more to be like a rotational depth guy, I think. You know, even Joey, I think he might be playing to replace Mosley. A lot of chatter out there that Mosley might not be able to fulfill the Salah needs on defense. And from what I've seen with Gerard very fast player, downhill linebacker. When looking at his grades for his NFL seasons, he did have a lot better grades when he was playing off ball. But I think that he might be the Mike who's just rotating in with CJ but in that 4-3 defense. Yeah, and, and the big thing to highlight here is his coverage grades. He graded out a 72 72- point one this past year in coverage and you know we've struggled so much with coverage linebackers in the past so it's good to get a guy that can cover he's a decent blitzer and he has a lot of untapped potential like he's a guy that you know was a former first rounder hasn't really proved much and a guy that jd knew he can get for cheap and you know you never know what you can unlock with some of these guys that you get for like five million dollars on a one-year deal maybe he gets in into this defense salah can unlock something that no one's ever seen out of the guy. Yeah. I mean, Salah's specialty is supposed to be linebackers. And if he can break into that untapped potential, make this guy play his best football he's ever seen in the NFL, that'd be great. Yeah. So a small signing um, hours after it's after the uh, uh, tampering period began, everyone's freaking out. Why haven't we done anything? We're starting to see guys go off the board. Um, one of those guys being Joe Tooney, who we did miss out on. And so why don't you weigh in a little? I think we should just bring this up now because Joe Tooney was such a big part of this offseason and all we talked about and the left side of the line being dynamite. What was your initial reaction when you saw Joe Tooney go to the Kansas City Chiefs for that price? Heartbreaking. I mean, it was heartbreaking when I first saw the news that he was signing with Kansas City. And then when you saw see the deal, five-year, $80 million, you're like, wow, the man got paid. He deserved it, every penny of it. But we're not going to be offering him much more than that. And even if we did, like we have other holes to fill. But plus, you can't compete with the team that was just in the Super Bowl, who won the Super Bowl a year before. Joe Tooney, I think he kind of had his mind up, mind made when 
he was going into free agency saying like, oh, yeah, it would be nice to win a ring. I, I, I just, the thing that I say to myself is I feel like we could have offered him 20 and he still wouldn't have picked us. And that's just something like you said, he had his mind made up. He knew what he was going to do. Everyone, or at least in my mind, I thought it was between us and the Bengals. <laughs> Maybe I didn't read it in too much of the Chiefs, but I mean, it was, it happened pretty quick where he went to the Chiefs, $18 million. And I was like, all right, like if the Jets match that or even upped it a little bit, I still don't think he's going to come here. He knows that he wants to win now. I mean, you go play for one of the best quarterbacks, the best quarterback in the NFL and a great offensive mind in Andy Reid. He, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's Joe Douglas's fault for not getting him. There's really nothing you can do to control where he wants to go. I'm sure he offered a decent amount of money, if not something in the similar ballpark, you know? Yeah, I mean, if we if a report came out saying, oh, Joe Douglas offered Joe Tooney $10 million a year, like, all right, yeah, Joe Douglas needs to offer a real contract. He can't just be lowballing the best guard in the NFL. But I'm sure Joe Douglas went after him, went after him hard, was in, was talking with him. And I think it was just, oh, you know what? Yeah, Joe Douglas sounds like fun over in New York, but I'm going to go over to the best team in the AFC. And I'm sure he was very understanding. And he just had to cut his losses and move on. And that's what he did. Later on, we finally made a move, signed Corey Davis, the wide receiver from Tennessee. This was a very exciting move. A guy that I know you had talked about, JT, 26 years old. He's a very big frame, 6'3", 210, sounds familiar, very similar to Mims. Uh, he signs for three years, $37.5 million, really good value at $12.5 million AAV. He's a really good fit for the offense. He had 65 receptions, 984 yards, five touchdowns in 14 games last year. Plays on the outside, similar to Mims. I mean, I really, really like this pick, especially at the value. Yeah, 12 million per year, almost 12.5 per year. And I think that's great. You get a great receiver. He had a, an amazing year, 984 yards. And it's just, this is your number one guy now. Former, what was it, top 10 pick? He was a top five pick. He was a the fifth overall pick a few years ago. Man. So, yeah, he. Great pickup. He had a great year. I really do think in this scheme, blocking receivers, they're great to have, as we've seen some people say, and this scheme will really help. It will be very involved with blocking receivers, but Corey Davis, he's going to be a beast this year, I think, for the LaFleur system. And another thing to highlight here, 984 yards in a run-heavy offense with Derrick Henry who also had A.J. Brown as like their number one wide receiver. So he put up really good numbers in an offense that's run heavy with one of the best running backs in the league. So, I, I mean, this is just such a – it screams Joe Douglas, strong, physical. It's going to play on the outside, and I think it's going to fit really well in the offense. And you you compare it to some of the other deals. The one that stuck out to me is the Patriots paid Nelson Aguilar $13 million. We got Corey Davis for 12 and a half. I think that's unbelievable value. and. Good job waiting it out and really making that deal with Corey Davis. Yeah, it'd be great if Mims can learn a thing or two from Corey Davis, which I'm sure he will. But having another receiver to help Mims on the outside, it will just really open up Mims' game as well. And I think we'll see both of these guys have incredible years, hopefully. Yeah, and through this point, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, we got the wide receiver, and then, you know, draw Davis is, is what it is, you know. Nothing super exciting. The next set of moves was really, really important. And 
when I, I was on Twitter and I saw that the Jets brought back Josh Adams, a running back that we've had. So I was like, great, we get him back. And seconds later, I see on the top of Twitter, Carl Lawson and the Jets in the same sentence. And I lost my mind. I was freaking out. I was, I, something that we had been talking about all day, texting in our group chats, and it finally came to fruition. We signed Carl Lawson literally seconds after the news came out about Josh Adams. And, you know, this is what we needed. This is the edge presence that we needed. 26 years old, three-year, $45 million, um, $30 million guaranteed. I mean, that's 15, a, 15 million AAV. I'm just so excited to finally have an edge setter and someone who seems legit on this defense. Joey, I know this was your white whale. You were dying to get Carl Lawson. And you know what? It's it's a great pickup. Like you said, three years, 45 mil, like 15 mil per year for an edge. I think that's an incredible deal. And I mean, you saw Leonard Williams got paid 21 mil per deal uh, per year. And I think that's just hilarious. But Carl Lawson, I mean, look past that. He only had five and a half sacks last year. This guy is a beast. He has a great motor. Michael Nania was tweeting out about him. The guy has great film out there. If you want to just look up Carl Lawson film on YouTube, you will find some great stuff. And he just blows up the backfield. And some of the other notable, like you said, this is a perfect example. His sack numbers aren't great, but 34 hurries, 24 QB hits, 64 pressures last season. He was second in QB hits and fourth in pressures. Like as an edge, that's what you want. You don't always need the sacks. As long as he's blowing up the backfield, forcing the quarterback to roll out of the pocket and just making plays, that, that's all you need out of an edge. And like you said, very high motor. He's going to pin his ear back and just go after the quarterback. And that's what we need. Finally have one. And in this defense, I think he could really excel. And I'm, I'm really excited to watch Carl Lawson. And I'm sure you saw and many other people saw on Twitter that video of him doing the Jets chant. I mean, it's just hilarious. You could tell he wants to be here. He's grateful for the opportunity. It's amazing to see players just getting hyped up to finally be with their teammates. It's a great feeling to have. And plus, you know, other players who are hyped to have him here, Quinnen Williams and JFM. Quinnen Williams, boys, he is going to get double digits sacks this year. Mark my words. He, he should have had it last year, but he's going to get it this year with Carl Lawson. Yeah, and now that line's looking really, really, really good. And, you know, you'd like another edge, and we'll get into that later, maybe through the draft, and, you know, maybe you try to pick up another guy. But it's really amazing now how this line is molding and how it's coming together. I'm really excited to see Carl Lawson play for the New York Jets. He seems like he wants to be here, and he knows how much the Jets want him here. So he knows that he's a special player, and he knows that he's in a really – big market now and he just needs to perform and I, I really think he, he will on this defense um so i mean up to this point we're like all right let, let's keep the ball rolling we, we got lawson and davis back to back looking good and next up we sign justin hardy and i think everyone's first reaction kind of like who he's a special teamer from the new orleans saints he's 27 years old he's the gunner and i mean he is listed as a corner but he's a, a, he's on the special teams unit. And man, this guy really, I learned a lot about him the past day. He, and if you saw his press conference today, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think these are the kind of players who you really need on your team. They're, they're the guys who just go out every day. They grind. And this guy, he grinds on the special teams. So you know that he's one of those guys who's just going to 
put his nose to the grindstone every single day. And he's actually the kind of guy who can influence games in a way you don't expect. Special teams is sometimes where games are won or lost, and that's where you find the turning points for games. If you looked at some of the highlights from when he was on the Saints, like he was blocking punts, making huge tackles, maybe even causing some fumbles. But this is something the Jets really need. Like last year, we had Kaven Balage playing gunner on special teams, and he was missing tackles left and right before he got cut. Yeah, Trenton Cannon's not the best gunner either, and we've seen that. And, and the, the thing is, when you watch Jets special teams, it's been a while since we've seen guys just wrap the returner up. I, I always see missed tackle, one, two. You miss the first tackle, and then the rest is history. You miss the rest. And for him, he had the eighth highest overall PFF grade on special teams, and he's a great tackler. He only has five missed tackles in his career. So, I, I mean, he does his job. It's a small move, but I think it's really effective, and it's going to help the special teams unit out a lot. Um, I think most people were happy with it, but everyone was also like, why are we signing a special teams guy, you know, a couple of days in, I don't know if you, if you, they obviously had a plan, you know, and to bring in Hardy was part of that plan and, and they did it. And saints fans did seem upset on their forms. And we saw that, you know, they, they, they really didn't think they were going to lose this guy. Yeah. I mean, there are three aspects to the game. There's offense, defense, and special teams. If you ignore any one of those aspects, you're not going to be winning a lot of football games. So I think Joe Douglas, he saw he was hitting the market. The Saints weren't going to re-sign him. He gave his agent a call. He said, hey, you know what? We'd love to have him in New York. And then moving on, very it was pretty much quiet up until tonight. And man, the whole talk today, man. Juju Smith-Schuster, Juju Smith, Juju, Juju, Juju. I mean, like it's mind-numbing. How many, how many people want this guy? I, I know. What do you have to say about Juju? <laughs> TikTok Corvette, Corvette. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I mean, what is there to say about Juju? There's a lot we could say about him. Uh, not a lot of positive things, I would say. But I mean, Juju, he's a he's a upgrade from Crowder, but a very marginal upgrade, not one. We're not a juju away from having a great team. Yeah. And, you know, me and you both are on the same page here. We don't think it's really going to benefit the team if, if we bring him in. For me, it's more about the distraction than it comes with him with the whole TikTok thing. I just don't, I don't need that. I don't. And it's, it's more about like, if I'm going to have a guy like Crowder, well, first off, this offense doesn't utilize the slot. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. They were 29th in the league when utilizing the slot. And not saying that that you shouldn't have a slot receiver, but at the end of the day, if that's not a main usage point in the offense, why go out and upgrade it? You know, I, I'm already paying Jamison Crowder a pretty good chunk of change for a slot receiver at 10 mil. Why go up and upgrade to 12 and bring in Juju? I mean, he's not that effective on the outside. And we saw once Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh, I mean, his stats went down <laughs> a good amount. Yeah, Juju, he just isn't the fit for us, I think. And there are some people who think he'll be great to bring in for a rookie quarterback, even if it's just a one-year deal. But that's like, why not just draft a receiver at that point? And then you have him for longer. And why? It just There's not a lot of logic that adds up in my head for it. It's a waste of resources, I think, that you sign Juju, cut Crowder, pay more for a little bit of better production. Like you said, it's a 12 personnel offense. It's the resources. It just doesn't match up in my mind. 
And plus, why do we think Joe Douglas is going to bring in? And th- you could say the same thing about Deshaun Watson and the fit he was throwing in, in Houston, saying, why would he bring in a guy like that? That's fair. But why would he bring in a guy with, with baggage like this, with, with the distractions that he brings? We saw the target that he put on the Steelers back last year with dancing on the logos. I just don't need it. And I don't think Joe Douglas is going to do it. And this transitions into the next guy that he signed because he did sign a wide receiver tonight. And this is Keelan Cole. Uh, really good deal. And um, a lot of the reporters were saying that they like this deal a lot. I mean, it was um, one year's five mil. I'm sorry. I, I lost yeah, track. 5.5. Yeah. yeah. Five, five and a half million. Um, he comes in at six, one, one ninety five. last year. He had 55 catches for 642 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, this is a really good signing, really underrated too. Yeah. Keelan Cole, honestly, not a guy who I, I didn't even know he was hitting free agency and someone that was not on our radar, but great signing, just another piece to add to that wide receiver room, a guy who could play both inside and outside. I know Connor Hughes tweeted out saying he's played a lot of snaps outside last year. He did play more in the slot than playing on the outside, maybe because of DJ Chark and probably LaVisca Chenault. But uh, for those of you who are curious, Connor Hughes did write an an article on The Athletic, and it says that if the talks with Juju Smith-Schuster are more than just chats and they are working to or uh, towards a deal, then Keelan Cole's signing does not impact it. But the signing of the former Steeler would end Crowder's time with the Jets. Unlike Cole, who has the ability to play both inside and outside, Smith-Schuster is like Crowder, strictly a slot. So if we sign Juju Smith, or the signing of Keelan Cole did not have any impact on the possible signing of Juju, but Crowder would be cut if we do sign Juju because you have two slot receivers who are strictly for that slot position. And I just don't see it happening right now, especially after now we got another guy who has potential to play in the slot. Yeah, it's going to be a cheaper, less effective Juju pretty much, which I'm fine with. And then this probably still allows us to keep Crowder. So we're going to have more depth at the end of the day. I like the move. I think it's a really underrated move. And actually, as a side hit right now, I'm sorry, we're going off topic, but Allen Robinson just officially accepted his franchise tag. So he locked up $18 million. Uh, figured we're on the wide receiver train. So he's definitely, you know, pretty much accepting that role, which is pretty surprising. I thought I he was going to throw more of a fit. What? I didn't think he was going to sign it. Neither. I thought it was going to be a tag and trade, but. He's staying in Chicago, so that's pretty uh, interesting. And, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Oh, no. I was just thinking about Keelan Cole, but uh, right here we have the exact numbers of 1,103 snaps in the uh, outside and 396 in the slot. Yep, and that was through his first two years, 2017 through 2018. And those rules pretty much flipped in 2019 through 2020 with 705 in the slot compared to 436 outside. So he's kind of gravitated more towards the slot the past two years, just as you had said. Um, And then moving into our last signing, and this was very minimal, but it happened pretty much right after the Cole was Dan Feeney. He's pretty much going to be a backup offensive lineman or a guard for us. And just adds a little bit more depth. Uh, This is very minimal. Yeah. I mean, it's never a bad thing to have more depth and, Plus, we lost Pat Elflin to the Panthers this year, and he actually got a nice contract from the Panthers, maybe a little bit more than he should have, but that's not for us to discuss. But Feeney, 
a nice guard center depth piece where if someone goes down, which knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it could at any point in the season, you got a guy who has starting experience and can play for us. Yeah. And he has a pretty cool stash too. So that, that, that was one of the first things I noticed and I tweeted it out right away. He's got the business in the front party in the back. Oh yeah. With that, with that mullet. So, all right. Well, that is the signings thus far. And JT, what is your favorite one so far? Favorite signing? It probably has to be Carl Lawson. I just, I really think that defensive line having a, a solid edge rusher and someone like you said, that video of him doing the Jets chant, it really just gets you hyped up for the season. I mean, we're in March, but it's March 18th and I'm ready for week one. Yep. I'd have to go with you here. I think the Carl Lawson signing was huge. I, I the, probably was the most hyped I was out of all the signings. I was very happy when Corey Davis signed because I didn't expect him to sign here, but I mean, the, the Lawson one is huge, especially hopefully this answers the edge wants that we've been needing for the past years and years and years. And God, I mean, the last time we had a, what is that? For too long. I know. Too since long. 2005 when JT and myself were like, you know, five six years, years old, old you know, six years old, seven years old, we weren't even watching it. So, <laughs> so yeah, what, what do you say? We move into the mailbag now and we'll get into some other stuff. Um, had a good amount of questions this week. Um, and let me get to our first question here. So we're looking at, we'll go to at Ryan Leaves first. A lot of these are our friends, but we, we appreciate the support, right? Hey, thank you, friends of the podcast, for sending in these questions. We love it. So Ryan Lieberman asks, the Juju rumors are great, but we still desperately need, oh, ir- oh, sorry, need interior O-line. Why haven't the Jets made any signings for that roster hole? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, pretty much the answer to it is the reason they haven't made any signings to the interior offensive line is because we missed out on the biggest guy, and that's Tooney. Um, as far as the other guys go, it, it just hasn't really fallen into place. There, there really aren't many options outside of, you know, Tooney and Lindsley for those big fish, you know? Yeah, after missing out on Tooney, it was just like, oh, maybe we get Lindsley, and it's like, okay, maybe not, but... After those two, it's really – you had a few guys in there who maybe you could get them, but it didn't look like Joe Douglas was very intrigued with maybe the age of how old they were or just the scheme fit. But for some reason, Joe Douglas was not very active with the offensive line market besides Joe Tooney. And, I mean, aside from those two, there really weren't any big guys, you know, aside from yeah. Tooney and Lindsley. So <laughs> – yeah, so the other big one was probably Rodney Hudson, but you had to figure if we're not going to get Lindsley, then we're probably not going to be going after Hudson either. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then there was also Gabe Jackson. Yep, definitely another guy that we had highlighted from Las Vegas. Had a pretty nice season last year. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, that that's really why I couldn't tell you why we haven't signed any more. Maybe, they, again, scheme fit, or he just doesn't really feel like any of these guys would be a good Good fit on the offensive line. This transitions nicely into our next question from at Chasing Payments, Tony Vegas. How do we go about addressing the interior offensive line with uh, minimal free agent movement in that department thus far? And I think this is one of the biggest realizations that we've come to with Joe Douglas in this free agency 
And that is that he, we, we think primarily he's going to build this through the draft. And that's really where you're going to see a lot of the movement. And me and you both believe at 23, we're taking interior offense line. And there's probably a chance that he could double dip with the next pick too. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I do think we're going to be taking offensive line here. There's an argument to be made for cornerback, but I think Joe Douglas is going to be going for another big boy. And the other thing is, too, if there's not an offensive lineman available that he likes and he doesn't want to reach on the pick, I think we can expect a trade down. I know that was a question last week from Chasing Payments, but I do think we're going to be targeting offensive line at that 23 pick, whether it's AVT or maybe someone else. Yeah, and I would be surprised if we sign anyone like significant at this point in free agency. I would expect more like the the Feeney guys where it's going to be depth maybe, and that's pretty much it. So, um, but yeah, expect offensive line early and often in the draft. And I don't know, we're going to need these picks, man, heading forward with the way that this has played out. We're definitely going to need every single pick in this upcoming draft. So let's move on to the next question uh, coming from expert analyst, Dal Loggins at Sam Spleen. Uh, biggest missed opportunity thus far in free agency besides missing out on Tooney. And this was an interesting question, actually, because Tooney was obviously the biggest miss here. Not much we could have done in our eyes, but, you know, some of the guys that we thought are, I, I think, I think Lindsley was a miss. And we had talked about the reports that came out about Lindsley and how we didn't even try to talk to his agents at all. We're calling BS on that, but who knows? There, there has to be some truth to it. I'm not sure how much truth there is. I think they wouldn't throw it out there that we didn't, that we weren't interested in him. Maybe it was a mutual. We reached out saying like, Oh, Lindsay, like kind of interested in you. And then Lindsay maybe just turned us down immediately. But I think it would be kind of weird if we didn't have any interest in alignment at all, considering that Connor McGovern played two seasons at guard and Lindsay is a, top three center in the league, even though he's 30 years old. But another big miss I think we had was not being able to uh, sign cornerback Shaquille Griffin. The cornerback free agency market this year was not great. And I think he was probably a, a top option, top three option, maybe even top one. But I'm not too sure. Maybe he wasn't a scheme fit for us. Maybe we didn't want to sign a quarterback. Maybe Joe Douglas is also just thinking we'll address that position in the draft. But I think that he, that was a big miss for us where it would have been very nice to have a, a solid cornerback going into next season or even going into the draft. And another guy that I thought that is it, and this is only if the jets went, I don't think they're going to sign Juju, but say they did. I would say a big miss would be Curtis Samuel. I think Washington got a really good player in him. Uh, I've been super high on him. He was my number one guy to get at free in, in free agency, and I thought he would have been a great fit in the offense. Uh, what he signed for um, thirteen or twelve and a half mil, I believe. I think it was twelve and a half. I think it was twelve and a half too. And and I mean, when you look at it, that's kind of what the you know my max would be for Juju. But I mean, I would I would have been fine with bringing on Curtis Samuel for that price and cutting Crowder. And pretty much upgrading for two million just because he's a more versatile player to use him anywhere. But you know, getting not getting him is not the end of the world. Um, another guy we looked at was um, Gerald Everett, a guy that you were pretty high on for tight ends. 
and yeah, he would have been a really nice addition to the offense, but I'm, I'm interested to see what we do. If we get, if we get a tight end in the draft potentially to pair with Herndon. Gerald Everett would have been very nice. I thought, but maybe there are still tight ends out there. I think Tyler Eifert's still out there and there's a great tight end out there from the Arizona Cardinals, Dan Arnold. Oh my God. Dan Can Arnold. you imagine Sam Darnold stays and we get this guy? Like I, I just <laughs> Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold. It could be know. a great connection. Maybe. <laughs> I don't but, know. Um, I do think Dan Arnold, he had a great year last year with the Cardinals. And tight end, it wouldn't be a bad position just to throw some some money into uh, in during free agency and try and get that guy to play with Herndon in this new offense. All right, and let's go to the next set of questions here from at Spence, Spence Nitro, our friend Spencer. He asked two questions. The first one being, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you with the Jets' offseason so far? Why don't you give your grade first, and then I'll give mine. I would say I'm about at a 7, a solid 7. We got a nice receiver. We got a great edge. We got some key pieces for depth and special teams and also a linebacker. Bringing back the Smith brothers, and we got Josh Adams coming back. But, yeah, there are some things where we definitely – Pump me up to a nine if we got Joe Tooney or Corey Lindsley, but right now I'm at a seven. Yep. I, I'd say mine's pretty similar. I'm at a 7.5. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. And, and the reason why I just didn't bump it up to into the eights is because like you said, we didn't get Joe Tooney, but the big thing here is we're seeing things done a lot differently. And his blueprint is to build through the draft and not spend a ton of money. And we're going to roll over some of this cap in the next year. He really wants to build this the right way, and I, I think that's super important heading forward. You know, people complain when we spend a lot of money. People complain when we don't spend a lot of money. I don't think you're ever going to win. So I'd say just let's put the trust in this general manager and let him do what he, he can do. And if he fails in three years, then I don't know. The whole world's going to implode, and you know we're going to go through the same thing over and over again. But I don't want to get to that point. Let's just let the guy do his job, you know? People are going to complain either way, Joey. There's no way to stop it. There, there isn't. Win a Super Bowl, that's how you stop it. But let's move on to the next question, again, by Spencer. What more pieces would you guys like to see added, draft or free agency, to the defense, if any? I thought this was a pretty good question. Uh, what, do, what are your thoughts on it, JT? Free agency, trying to start there, that's a tough one. There are some good corners still available. Um, Adore Jackson is available. Richard Sherman might be available, but I think Richard Sherman might be ring-chasing and he might also be more expensive if we want to bring him here. I know he loves Salah, but it sounds like he's hell-bent on going to the Saints. And then another corner who might be available soon, and a last-minute question was Kyle, Kyle Fuller might be available. And Kyle Fuller could be a great corner to bring on. And He's doing, I guess, what Ian Rappaport had said. He's, there's a similar situation as to the uh, Rodney Hudson and uh, Gabe Jackson situation where – they're allowing teams to trade for him right now before they cut him. So if anyone wants him as their own, you could send him over some capital and that'll be the end of it. You get him. So, yeah, I, I think that to answer your question in free agency, I definitely think a Dory Jackson or Kyle Fuller would be great. Um, I don't really know many more interior offensive line picks, but I think Keanu Neal is another good defense on the defensive side, a good, um, good ad there. And then yeah. in for, oh. terms of the draft, no, go ahead. Oh, no, that's what I was leading into. Yeah, go. Uh, well, in the draft, I think just to target positional-wise, at least targeting edge rushers and 
probably going to be targeting corners as well. Yeah, it's after that 23, I mean, you've talked about it. We've kind of flip-flopped here. It's probably going to be edge or corner, and we'll see who's available. And if maybe if someone falls, it's, it's going to be one or the other, but who knows? Um, I'd like to see a cornerback. If we get like Kyle Fuller or Dory Jackson, we'll probably go edge. We need another edge, though. That, that's just the bottom line. Um, yeah, you got to play with two edge rushers in the game. And right now, we have Zuniga and Phillips, it looks like, as our two edge rushers. So we're going to need another guy at some point. All right. Next question. Uh, second to last one here. I don't really know how to pronounce this at. I think it's at Isaac Okoro underscore season. Um, Jack McAnally. Do you think the Jets will sign Dory or Kyle Fuller? and or add juju uh personally i've never bought the juju hype at all like not for one second i i even aside from me not wanting him i have not bought the fact that the jets are in on juju smith schuster like for one second guys if you haven't figured out by now we really don't want juju smith (laughs) honestly from a non-biased standpoint like i really don't think douglas is in on him either like like one second i don't think yeah out of those three, I think Adori and Fuller. I think Fuller might be the most likely of for us to possibly sign. I'm not sure what's going on with Adori. Maybe we can bring him in, but I think Fuller might be more likely than both Adori and Juju. And Joe Douglas works at like weird times. Like I feel like when he makes moves, he makes a couple, and then he'll just go like ghost mode. So I mean, you never know when he could just come out and just say, "Up." Oh, I'm taking a Dory. You just never know. He's he's very sneaky in terms of in terms of that. Um, but yeah, and last question coming here from your dad, Dave Romeo. He asked Kyle Fuller question mark. <laughs> yeah, and we've mentioned him a few times now leading into this, but he might be some definitely something to keep our eye on. I think you said a best pre-show. I think the answer to that question is yes. Like <laughs> bring, <laughs> bring him in, and, and these guys are. The, the age is, is, is they're all in that like 26 to 29 range. Really good. You know, you can really bring them in, insert them at the corner position and it'll help your defense right away. And man, it's just been, it's been a long week, hasn't it JT? I mean, we're sitting here Thursday night and we kind of feel that we've had a pretty good free agency, but realize the route that Joe Douglas is taking. I mean, after you look at a Patriots off season, it's like, holy smokes. But I think Joe Douglas is really building this the right way. Yeah, it seems like Joe Douglas really wants to get uh, build this through the draft, and he's going to use free agency when he wants to, but it really looks like he's going to start making those draft picks to fill out important pieces like the offensive line and like the uh, defensive secondary. Yeah, and I guess all we could do is sit here, wait, and, you know, wait on more news. And see, these next this next week or two, we'll see if he signs anyone um, it'll be, it'll be minimal. It'll be very minimal signings, I think. And maybe it'll be like a fuller or a Dory, but you never know. Uh, everyone's saying that the signing of Keelan Cole, he might still might sign Juju. Don't buy it for a second. Like I said before, but you know, at least me and JT definitely trust in this process. Um, I know a lot of people do on Twitter too. I, I just like to bust people's chops, <laughs> but yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up for, uh, for this week. Any closing words from you, JT, as we finish up this episode? Uh, you know what boys just, don't get your hopes up for too high for anyone. You really don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do. The only person who knows that is Joe Douglas himself, but keep a close eye on him. Like Joey said, he'll 
strike at multiple times, but very random throughout the day. Like today, for example, it was at like 6.30 at night and he just signs two more guys. Yeah, it's out of nowhere. So, yeah, I, I would say keep your eye out for this next week and we'll see we'll see what else he does here. I think he's going to round it out nicely. But, uh, yeah, definitely want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, big free agency episode this week. And, and let us know how we did, what you think, what, what you think we could do better. You can follow us on Twitter at Jets, at Jets Lab Pod. That's the podcast handle. And at Holland Hundos and at Stacking Payments for our personal handles. Dollars. Stacking <laughs> dollars. I'm sorry. I'm getting all the money stuff confused. As we see, we have a money theme with Holland Hundos and um, stacking, stacking Dollars. So Joey's sure. getting tired tonight. <laughs> I'm getting tired, man. I'm, and it's a lot of... A lot of Twitter time this week. I'm averaging like two hours a day. So, (laughs) all right. Well, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Jets.